Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights, and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host. This is Alan Brew of Branding Business, and our guest today is Joy Tan of uh, Huawei. Joy, uh, what is your title? I'm the Senior Vice President of Public Affairs for Huawei USA. Thank you. And you're based in the, based in Texas, is that correct? Yes. So, Joy, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us on Expert Opinion. We're really looking forward to this conversation. For the benefit of people who may not know what Huawei does in its broadest sense, can you give us some a little background on the company? Alan, thank you for having me. Uh, I think uh, most people know Huawei. Uh, we have been in the news recently. Huawei is a telecommunication equipment provider, and we also manufacture smart devices as well. So for 2019, Huawei's global revenue was 123 billion US dollars. So we're one of the largest ICT companies in the world. Right now, we operate in 170 countries. We have 194,000 employees worldwide. So it's a huge company. And in the US, we're lastly less known as in other countries. Uh, actually, if you go to Europe, Spain, or actually South America, you will see Huawei's ads everywhere. So you are truly a global company, Joy. Yes. Moving into uh, an issue that's very topical, um, which is 5G technology, which I uh, believe you're one of the pioneers in and uh, responsible for the commercialization of much of the technology what is your position on 5G, Joy? Where are you in that? Huawei is uh, one of the leaders in 5G solutions. We started investing in 5G research and R&D in 2009. So in 2019, we had a lot of commercial contracts. Huawei is deploying 5G solutions with most of the operators around the world. And I think uh, from a solution perspective, we're probably 12 to 18 months ahead of our competitors. Well, let's let's continue on the 5G theme. Um, given that much of the world is still in the grip of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, and many people are working remotely and may continue to do so into the long term, a reliable network is becoming increasingly critical to global commerce. So. Joy, can you tell us the significance of 5G and what difference it will make? Yes. So maybe uh, just a little bit of background on 5G. Uh, 5G is the fifth generation of mobile broadband that will eventually replace the 4G LTE connection. So um, there are several very important parameters uh, for 5G technology. The first one is the speed. So uh, based on IMT's 2020 standards, the minimum requirement for 5G download speed is 20 gigabit per second, or uplink is 10 gigabit per second. So this is about 100 times faster than 4G. So uh, for example, when you download a 2R HD movie, it will take only several seconds with 5G technology versus seven minutes 
under 4G. Of course, you know, the actual user's download speeds will um, depend on uh, a number of factors, including the location and the network traffic. The second important parameter is the latency, which measures the responsiveness of the network. The lower the latency, the better. The latency for 4G network is about 50 milliseconds. 5G will get you one millisecond. So that's a 50 times improvement. So this will enable a lot of high precision industrial applications like remote surgery, autonomous driving. And the last aspect of 5G is the number of connections. So 5G will allow 1 million connected devices per square kilometer. Essentially unlimited, everything can be connected. So this will truly enable IoT. So why is this so important? Because consumers will have you know, all these great speed and the number of connections, and you will get much better mobile experience. You'll be able to stream Disney or Netflix shows seamlessly on your device whenever and wherever you want to. So 5G will make AR, VR, 3G holograms more widely available. And 5G will transform all industries as well. So that's why we often say uh, that 5G will usher in the fourth industrial revolution and change the entire economy. So uh, we're estimating by 2035, 5G will enable about $12.3 trillion of global economic output and support more than 20 million jobs worldwide. So that's why 5G is a very important technology. Well, that's quite a profound transformation in its terms of its implications. So it's not just a faster past the bandwidth, it actually has some transformational implications for business and the way people the way people work. You mentioned remote surgery and autonomous driving, Joy. What are the kinds of, uh, how will it impact other businesses? How will it change them? Can you give us some more examples? Yeah, sure. So for the business world, 5G is a real game changer. It will help all vertical industries to improve efficiency, lower cost, and create better experience. For example, the ultra-reliable low-latency component of 5G will fundamentally change healthcare. You expect to see uh, improvements in telemedicine, physical therapy via AR, precision in surgery, and even remote uh, surgery. So um, let me give you some examples. In the recent fight against COVID-19 in China, 5G helped save many lives. So the doctors can actually read the x-rays remotely. So you can do remote diagnosis and remote treatment. And so these doctors don't have to be in the epic um, center to make treatment. And, and also 5G allowed temperature monitoring system to be widely set up in China, especially in airports and train stations. So when people uh, started to return to work, this is very important. 
because 5G has the capacity to connect many different devices uh, at high definition. So this um, solution is available. Uh, 4G will not be able to provide that. And I want to give you another example in the traditional industry. Huawei has been working with a mining company in Inner Mongolia in China. So we all know the mining industry uh, has been uh, traditionally facing challenges in safety, efficiency, and cost for many, many years. Because of the dangerous working environment, trucks in and out of this mine can only drive about six miles an hour. So um, we work with China Mobile to develop or deploy driverless uh, truck solution using 5G. So now the trucks can drive up to 22 miles an hour, so three times, uh, almost four times improvement on efficiency. And more importantly, people are no longer exposed to the dangerous working environment. So these are just uh, very impressive use cases and we'll see the expansion of um, 5G solutions in essentially every industry. And we're just at the beginning. Well, that is that is uh, impressive st uh, statistics, Joy. You know, people tend to think of 5G as just another version of this, or the, a faster speed uh, for downloading things on uh, on the phones, et cetera. But this is transformational, what you've just talked about. It means Mm -hmm. Business will change. It will mean advances in certain areas that are quite profound for the way people live. I'm thinking about an individual's life. Um, you know, remote workers, for example, we're all now on Zoom, uh, participating in uh, conference calls and meetings. How will it change? What's its impact on that kind of situation? Yeah, I think, um, you know, w when we get into uh, the 5G uh, solutions, uh, individuals' experience will be so much better than what we have uh, under 4G. So 5G will give users immersive online experiences in gaming, entertainment, and other uh, interactive applications. So uh, let me give you some examples. Uh, mm. Because 5G has very fast speed, and you can really do things that you couldn't do before under 4G. We uh, launched uh, the commercial network in Switzerland. Um, now the speed can be up to one gigabit per second. So you know many Europeans uh, won't like to spend their holidays skiing in Switzerland, and I love to ski there too. So mm. when, uh, now when you're skiing, you can actually live stream high definition video of your of the ski slope in front of you and to your friends and family and to show them the best slope slopes in the world crystal clear these are all real time and high definition that's just absolutely amazing and then mm. because of all these 5g parameters you can enable many new applications for example in south korea um, LGU Plus launched a 5G network very early on, and they were able to provide 5G high-definition broadcasting to the consumers. So when consumers, they can watch a live sports game on their 5G smartphone, and they can watch it uh, from any angle, like 360 degrees. 
and you can also use your phone camera follow a particular your favorite player throughout the entire game so all these experiences are now truly personalized and um, you can also do uh, 5g powered vr so uh, they sign up like uh, 5g vr users in less than uh, half a year. So they sign up uh, almost uh, a million users in, in six months. Because uh, usually Korea is pretty advanced in terms yes. of their new applications and you know fast speed. LGU Plus were able to increase their premium plan uh, for 5G usage like 60% in just several months. So those are tremendous improvements for the operators and also for the, the, the end consumers. So these are just examples of new applications and uh, new speed that end users can, can experience. And of course, uh, with us working all from home, there's a lot of requirement for connectivity, for speed. And I think with 5G, we'll see um, you know better experience for all of us. That's so interesting. Um... So it's not just it's not just a uh, again a question of doing things faster. It's actually changing the way we interact with technology and the, with the way we think about work, and also leisure. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Korea, South Korea, which is an advanced uh, country in terms of technology uptake. Um, mm-hmm. When can we expect five G here in the United States? We we see the ads from providers uh, making these promises, but. I don't think many people are quite clear about when it will actually be available. Mm-hmm. Well, let me um, uh, talk a little bit about the status of 5G deployment around the world, and then I will get into the U.S. So yeah. Verizon and LGU Plus in South Korea launched 5G at the end of 2018. There were actually uh, there were debates who launched towards either Verizon or LGU Plus, but they launched around the same time towards uh, October, uh, at the end of 2018. And then by the end of 2019, more than 60 operators around the world have launched 5G uh, solutions. And so by the end of last year, we were already had 10 million individual users and as of today, more than 73 operators in 41 countries have launched 5G. And, and we're estimating by the end of this year, there will be 250 million individual 5G users in many countries and uh, you know, offered by about 130 uh, of different operators around the world. And so from a... From a data usage perspective, it is very interesting. Uh, just some of the statistics we saw from South Korea, because uh, people are using AR, VR, and these are very data-consuming applications. So 10 minutes of VR will consume about 4 gigabit of data. That's almost like a whole month of my data pa- package with T-Mobile. And so the, there's tremendous in increase on data usage. And we're uh, estimating uh, when people start using 5G and all these applications, VR, AR, for gaming, for education, for social, you'll probably use 100 gigabit 
per person per month um, ongoingly. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's a huge increase from what we have right now. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of new 5G devices as well. So that's a very key element for the fast growth of any technology. In the previous generation, 3G, 4G, the devices, even the networks were ready, but the devices were kind of lagging behind. But mm-hmm. now for 5G, last year, we saw, uh, we saw so many new devices launching in the market. Last year, actually, we had about 200 5G terminals and modules. Uh, uh, that includes uh, CPE and smart devices. And this year, we'll see about 500 different types of terminals and devices in the market. So that will really help 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 the deployment of uh, uh, of 5G. And mm. from the the user number perspective, uh, we'll see 5G to reach uh, 500 million users in three years. It took about six years for 4G to reach 500 million users. It took nine years. Uh, for 3G to reach 500 million users. So that's why we see the tremendous fast growth rate under the 5G um, situation. It, it is absolutely amazing. It so is amazing it, from what you said there, yeah. Joy. Um, yeah. I'm wondering how we in the U.S. can uh, yeah. come to ex- expect its arrival. Um, when, when, will it be, when will it be widespread in terms of usage in the U.S.? Have you any idea? Yeah. Well, um, you know, U.S. is one of the early countries to deploy 5G. Um, uh, I think currently there are about nine countries in the world that have launched 5G fully, meaning all the operators in the country have launched 5G. Even the coverage is not nationwide yet. Uh, So these nine countries are uh, China, U.K., South Korea, U.S., UAE, etc., so the U.S. is, um, you know, started very early in 2018, and right now all the U.S. carriers are furiously working towards nationwide uh, uh, deployment. And let's take a look at Verizon. So they mm-hmm. started in October 2018. They started with the fixed 5G service um, in parts of Houston, L.A., Sacramento, California, and then they started rolling out the mobile 5G offering. So now they have a dozens of cities around the country, including New York, LA, and more. And AT&T just, um, you know, they were a couple months behind of um, Verizon. They started in December 2018, but they started service uh, for business customers. Uh, but now they're changing that, they're expanding 5G to consumers um, so they have a range of cities like L.A. and San Jose and other cities. Sprint um, is currently in nine cities, and they're working um, all under the unlimited plan. And T-Mobile was a little bit behind. They started in December last year, um, but they're adding more locations to the 5G coverage. So, um, you know, old operators are moving uh, very fast. And, you know, one thing I want to point out is actually uh, uh, Huawei is not uh, included in the 5G participation in the U.S. So that means from a vendor, equipment vendor perspective, 
you have less competition, which will increase the cost for the operators and then eventually the cost for end consumers. So that's uh, uh, one thing for the U.S. market. Yeah, I was going to come on to that, Joy. Um, people have yeah. obviously read the the issues, um, the political issues around Huawei and the various claims about security. Mm-hmm. Um, what What is your position on that? Well, uh, Huawei has been in the telecom business for 30 years, and we operate in 170 countries. We support uh, about one-third of world's population. And we never had a single incident that, that is uh, related to cybersecurity. So all our operators trust Huawei. So if you go to Europe, uh, Latin America, and webbing in these uh, networks for uh, quite a long time. Um, in the U.S., we serve the rural operators uh, mm-hmm. like Montana, you know, East Oregon. We serve these operators since, uh, you know, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And we never had any cybersecurity incident with these operators uh, either. So um, this is really um, not about, you know, cybersecurity, uh, cybersecurity issue. You know, we hope that, um, you know, the government will uh, have a, con- you know, comprehensive cybersecurity resolution for uh, strategy. If they want to test our equipment, we're very open. We're very open to have this kind of uh, third-party testing. Um, we did that in the UK, in Canada, and in Germany. So third-party uh, will come in to test our equipment before they go into the operator's network. So we welcome that um, solution as well. So, um, you know, as uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, Huawei is a global uh, leader in uh, the 5G field, uh, in the entire telecom field. And we are willing to work with the U.S. government to find solutions so that we can um, provide the best technology for the U.S. market um, to benefit the consumers in the U.S. Thank you for that clarification, Joy. Just moving on to a few final questions. Um, mm-hmm. The future of 5G, um, Huawei's leadership position, what is what is the vision for the future in terms of networking, communications? Uh, where is where is Huawei moving to? What does it see in the, in the future? Mm-hmm. That's a very good question because we're experiencing a fast deployment in the telecom, in the ICT industry. It's just uh, um, amazing uh, how fast we see different technologies coming up, and especially with cloud and artificial intelligence. And uh, with 5G, we estimate in five years, there will be 6.5 million 5G base stations around the world, serving 2.8 billion users. So that's about one third of the uh, one third of the world's population. So we think in five years, one third of the world will be covered by 5G. And right now, uh, most of the concerns of uh, the operators um, are uh, focusing on how to generate revenue with 5G mm. in the next several years. Right. Um, so 5G is a new technology. They have to invest a lot to have the infrastructure. Uh, when they have the infrastructure, how do they have business models and 
revenue stream, new revenue stream. So, so that's what we have been working on. Is really to help operators to deploy large-scale 5G solutions and help them generate new revenue from different applications. Um, regarding the tele uh, the telecom network, we think the future network will be um, intelligent network. So they will um, these intelligent network will be very quick to deploy, and they will operate uh, very high efficiently and with high performance. So we envision them to become autonomous in 10 to 15 years time frame. We call it ADN, Autonomous Driving Network. So this is similar to the uh, autonomous driving cars. We actually use the same kind of um, uh, classification for uh, different levels. You know, for autonomous uh, cars, you have the level one, which is uh, assisted hands, level two, hands-free, level three, eyes-free, and level four, mind-free, and level five, uh, people or person-free. So we think the networks, the telecom networks, will be similar progression uh, with this. Um, before 2019, the carriers, operators, were at level one stage. They have to use tools to process simple, repeated actions. And to next year, the telecom networks will will get to level two, which is, um, you know, part of the maintenance work can be done by software without people uh, doing any decision. And fast forward to 2030, 10 years from now, we think that the network will, uh, will go from level two to level three. So the software with massive AI usage in the network can finish full tasks, even under different changing environment. And after that, the network will go to level four or level five, which is highly autonomous or full autonomous. So artificial intelligence, um, you know, software will do most of the work, anticipating the changes and adjust the traffic and, you know, uh, provide um, on-demand services application to the users. So that's how we see the telecommunication network evolving. And of course, that's a very long-term uh, target, uh, long-term vision, but we think the industry is actually working towards that direction. And it's such an exciting vision. Um, and, and you truly know your stuff in this subject, Joy. Thank you for being so informative. Um, Thank you. What a future we can look forward to. Final question, Joy. Um, the, the company yeah. is based in Shenzhen, China. Was it how was it affected by the coronavirus? Did you uh, manage to get through it, or what happened? Yeah, I think uh, you know the coronavirus started in Wuhan. Uh, you know, our Wuhan um, uh, R&D center was closed down for uh, a quite you know almost two months. Shenzhen was less impacted because when Wuhan sh uh, shut down, many other cities, uh, because it was a Chinese holiday too, they were just uh, basically locked down as well. And uh, I think our employees, they're just uh, were just working from home. 
and now they're finally they're finally you know getting back to offices but they're all um, keeping their distance as well in the offices so they don't usually go to the cafeteria they will bring the the lunch back to their cubicle to uh, to eat and um, I think in many other parts of China um, our employees are you know many of them are working from home and in other parts of the world uh, you know Europe and US are being hit uh, very heavily right now and you know, our, our employees are uh, mostly working from home and they do uh, sometimes they have to support a network and they will uh, you know take extra precautions to make sure the networks are up running and if there's any work needs to be done they will uh, they will be supporting that and then of course we're um, helping with the local communities as well uh, sending uh, uh, masks um, you know medical equipment and all those so you know just like any uh, other large uh, global company, we're dealing the situation and to make sure our customers, are, um, their networks are running, our um, employees are protected. So um, it's a challenge, uh, but we're going through it. And uh, everybody uh, is going through the same challenge, Joey. We're behind, uh, behind China and talking about coming out of this situation as soon as possible. But what you've said is a very good indication of how we should be thinking about what will happen. So congratulations on that. Joy, this is such a fascinating conversation and subject. We could go on for the next hour, I'm sure. Um, but we're out of time for now. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and um, giving us such a fascinating insight into what is a truly transformational future. Thank you very much, Joy. Thank you, Alan.